Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. In this episode of Fraud Busting, we feature Holly Hoffman, who was on season 21 of the reality TV show Survivor. She has a lot to say about if reality TV is real, but more importantly, what detecting deception is like in high stakes situations. Because remember, there's a million dollar prize. You're gonna love it, enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on Fraud Busting. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, Tracy. I, I was very, very honored when you asked, so thank you very much for asking me. Oh, I am thrilled. I love your background there. I just got to say, it now did um, I have so much to ask you because I, I, I want to take this a couple ways. And first, I want to know, uh, well, let's let's get to know you a little bit better before we jump okay. in. So um, we've, we've been at home. We're off the road. The conferences are illegal now. And, and so, how's your toilet paper stash? You know, this is really odd. Before all this happened, I just ordered like a case of toilet paper from Amazon. I don't know if my sense of something was telling me to order uh, tissues and toilet paper and paper towels. So I have a huge rack in my closet that I stack it in and it's, it's, it's wonderful. You know, but you know, Tracy, here's the deal. I could go days without toilet paper. I heard this. Survivor. So, yeah. So I, that wasn't even an issue to me. I went 38 days without using toilet paper when I played Survivor. So I wasn't even afraid. I thought, if I can't find toilet paper, I will survive. Now, let's talk about that on Survivor. Now, did y'all have, like, latrine pits, or was there porta-potties, or what? Like, what happened? No, 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 it was... No, nothing. There was, there was absolutely nothing. And I actually thought before, you know, when I applied to be on the show, I was shocked that I even made it. And I got out there and I had this vision in my head that I would see porta potties and tents and campers and, and you know, maybe a, a table or two with some coffee and donuts. <laughs> absolutely nothing. We, I know this sounds really bad and I hope I don't offend anyone, but we were required to dig a hole if we had to go to the bathroom. Uh -huh. And so I basically used grass or leaves when I went to the bathroom. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're, I don't want to know anymore, but I'm <laughs> glad, I'm glad that you're so hearty because you're just better than everyone else who's whining about toilet paper right now. Um, okay. So, um, Tiger King, where are you on that? Have you seen it? Tiger King. Have you seen it? Uh, yes, I did. I, you know, being quarantined here. I have never in my life watched more Netflix ever. So I did, I watched the entire series, the seven episodes, and it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Now, being a reality TV uh, person, what's your thought on that? Uh, as far as why, why we're sucked into it and why, why is it taken over society like it has? I think people like to see unusual mm -hmm. situations. And these people are very unusual. I mean, I love animals, don't get me wrong. I, I love exotic animals. But the whole, the, whole, um, the whole story of how these people are arguing and how they're fighting and the hatred, that's oh. what really shocked me. 
I, I struggled a little bit because I am such an animal lover. I'm just not one. If, if you choose to do that, that's okay. But I have a hard time seeing animals behind cages and so forth. But I think it's so unusual and the way pe they treat each other that people are drawn to this to say, what is this really about? Yeah. My son was the one that reached out to me and said, mom, you have to watch this. And I, I was like, okay. And it's, you start it and you can't stop no. because you just, you want to know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another reason that people are so drawn to it. They want to see what's going to happen on the next episode. Well, I, I think they want to know what's going to go wrong next. It's because it, it just it is this horrible downward spiral. And <laughs> I, I would never have watched it. But people kept emailing me and calling me and, hey, what do you think of this girl, Carol Baskin? They wanted me to read her body language and really do some analysis. And I was like, finally, like on the fourth one, I was like, okay, fine, I'll freaking watch this thing. And I got sucked in too. I feel though, I feel a little dumber now, like after, <laughs> after having watched it. <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah. It's crazy. Talk about a perfect storm for Netflix, man. They, I, I wonder if they knew everyone like, gonna watch like it. let's I'm... drop this right now. You know, it's real. You know, it's a true story. That's another thing. People mm -hmm. want to see something that's that's real and and true. So, and it, another thing, it doesn't take you very long to watch. So, right. you know, some some episodes, I'm actually watching um, Ozark right now, uh -huh. and so that's going to take me a while to watch. Like I said, I've never watched more television in my life. I know we're all. I, I think it was a quick show, and it was you, you're done, and you're just going. Those people are real. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. A couple more questions. Uh, just pandemic questions. What is the latest time in the day that you changed out of your pajamas? Um, um, 24 hours? I, I stayed in my pajamas for, I will admit, I probably hate to admit that, but yes, I, I put them on at night. Uh -huh. I kept them on through the morning. I kept them on through the night again, and that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, earliest time you started drinking? 3.30. 3.30? That was just yesterday. I had, a, I had a, a Zoom with some of my ladies, and one of my friends, she, she turned 50. Uh -huh. So we decided to do a Zoom, and we all had a glass of wine, and we started logging in at, at 3.30. So yeah, it was-, it was There you go. Okay, okay. Um, well, uh, one more, I can't uh, leave this one alone. What has been your most random quarantine purchase? My most- Did you have that emergency purchase where you went to the store, freaked out, and then bought something because they didn't have anything else? <laughs> no, I can't really think of anything. Probably, um, oh, I know what it was. I-, I Felt like I was going to run out of hand sanitizer, so my mom told me to rub to get rubbing alcohol. Oh, <laughs> have you ever put rub rubbing alcohol on your hands? Not um, when I didn't don't have it. No, don't, don't, don't try it. First of all, the smell is horrible, and it was burning my hands because my hands were so chapped from putting Perel on hand sanitizer. Oh. So I would have to say rubbing alcohol, but I, I'm just going to leave that in, back in the bottle and in, in the cabinet i'm not going to use it again ever. <laughs> okay well at least you know the virus was gone for that period of time when you were <laughs> okay all right let's let's jump in so we, we are we're taking a lighter look at, at, at fraud today so 
what we want to know is if the TV shows that we're seeing that are quote reality TV, how real is that? So let's let's talk about uh, how you got selected and that process, how it was when you got there versus um, what you thought it was going to be and kind of that that progression. Let's talk about that just real quick. Okay. I, I applied. I had to send in a three-minute audition tape and fill out an application. I sent it in just my my – actually, my audition tape was not very good. I just did this. I stood in front of a camera. I spoke for three minutes, and I was done. Mm-hmm. Never thought in a million years I was going to make it. I did watch Survivor before I applied, so I, I knew what the show was about and so forth. Sent it in. Eight months later, I got a call. They flew me to Los Angeles for a casting call. I was there a week. Um, my season there were right around 100,000 people that applied. Oh, man. Okay. So okay. I thought, oh, you know, okay. But just going to the casting call alone was quite an experience. And when they called me and told me I made it, I was shocked. I was totally shocked. But when I got there, I visualized, you know, walking into the jungle and seeing tents and campers and porta potties and, and maybe a table with some donuts and a cup of coffee. And there was nothing. Nothing. Speaking from the Survivor reality show, it is the absolute real deal. Okay. Oh, that's you good. You will have to survive on your own. There's no toilet paper, toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, blankets, pillows. It is absolutely the real deal. Okay. Now, I heard that they, now I'm going to interrupt you. I heard that they did give you razors. Is that true or not? That's not true. Oh, it's not. Okay. Okay. We do not get to shave our legs, our, our you know, under our arms, okay. nothing. So, no, we did not get razors. Oh, no, no toothbrush. I didn't brush my teeth uh, the entire time. The only thing they gave us is they gave us this water bottle. This is my original water bottle. Okay. Oh, that's cool looking. Isn't it cool? It's it's a little glass bottle, you know, with a Mm -hmm. leather cover. Mm -hmm. They gave us that, and then they gave us um, this bag that we could put our things in. Oh, that's a nice looking bag. Yeah, so I saved that. And then, of course, when we started, everybody got their own tribe buff. Yeah, now I I wanted to know about the tribe buffs because they, um, it seems like they get filthy (laughs) as as y'all go along. You just wear them. And, you know, basically what they do is they're like this, and I always wore mine on my head. And you could wear them anywhere, but you have to have your buff on. And basically what it does is it indicates what tribe you're on. Uh-huh. I was on the Espada tribe, yeah. and so I would always wear mine on my head. Some ladies would wear theirs as a little tube top or a skirt or around their wrist. But this is on Survivor, everyone gets a buff. Mm-hmm. But you don't wash your buff, and some seasons they have to burn their buff after they're voted off. Oh. We didn't. We got to keep our buffs, so we were very, very fortunate. We were very lucky. Oh, wow. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what actually goes on because what what i'm most interested in here and what i think people listening are most interested in is that when you pit people against each other but then have them work together you have a real interesting dynamic of needing to learn to detect lies and you have like this game it's really a game like you have alliances that kind of pop up and some of them pop up really early and others are are later and some people think they're in control but they're really not in and you stack that on top of probably a lot of low blood sugar 
and um, and a lot of what, what's really similar to what we have right now is a lot of, I think, um, let's call it desperation because there's a million dollar prize yes. at, at the end. So tell me a little bit about the storyline. How did you pick who to um, align with and what was it like when some of these alliances melted down and could you see that coming? Oh, yes, you could definitely see that coming. I'm going to back up just a little bit okay. and go back to the casting call. Okay. What they do at the casting call is you have to take a lot of tests, a personality test, IQ test, so forth. And what they do is they evaluate those tests. You also have to do some interviews with counselors and they read your body language. They read your personality. Then they pick all these different personalities from all walks of life. They throw you in the middle of a jungle. The elements are horrible. It rained 17 nights in a row. We slept in the rain. Yeah, it looked cold. Oh, it's God. freezing. Um, the sleep deprivation, the starvation. We all know what happens when we don't get enough sleep and we're hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you, you have a tendency to, to get angry or mm -hmm. short-tempered, right? Oh, the worst. Uh, you know, yeah. my husband carries food around for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Yeah. So just think of that in the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, in the workplace, there's all these people from different walks of life, different personalities, and you have to be a team. But in Survivor, you have to be a team. You have to work together, but you also have to work against each other. Mm -hmm. It is a big mind game because you have to be strategic and you have to look at people and think, who can I really trust and who can't I trust? Mm -hmm. For me, that was really hard. Because my personality is I want to have everybody get along and nobody fight and everybody just, you know, I'm the mom that wants all the kids to get along and I want all the junior high girls not to fight and, and let's all just get along. So that was really hard for me. What I did is before I went, I would go places and I would try to read people's body language. Oh, you would? Yes. I would sit in the mall or I would sit at the park. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would watch their body language and I would watch their facial expressions and I would watch how they react with other people. And it is amazing if you ever want to do this, sit in a mall and you can tell when a husband and wife come out of a store and they don't agree on a purchase, how they're interacting. <laughs> or you can tell um, if, if there's two people that are just dating and they're smiling at each other, or you can tell if a mom is angry at her child or if she and her child are having a wonderful day. It is amazing how you can tell what kind of a day a person is having or their personality mm -hmm. by their body language or by their facial expressions. Absolutely, I agree. And I am fascinated consistently when I go out of the house, when I can go out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't it amazing though? You don't even need to talk to these people or hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. you it within their body language and their facial expressions. Well, so I, I did that. I would sit places and I would try to evaluate, you know, what kind of a day is that person having or what kind of person is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Well, that's what I'll tell people to do when, when they want to know if a politician is lying or not, because you get sucked into what they're saying. I'm like, great. You want to know, watch the debate with the volume off. You'll tell. You'll completely can tell. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's, it's very, so for me, I, I made the alliance with two people immediately into the game. Mm -hmm. The main reason I did it is because they were at my casting call. 
Oh. And we can't, we couldn't talk to people at our casting call, but you could look at them. And there were two other players, Wendy and JT. Okay. They would, Jimmy T, excuse me. They yeah. would look at me and I would look at them and we would nod. And we would smile. And we did the casting call. At the casting call, even before I knew I made it. Oh, wow. But I would, I remember being in the pool and I was swimming laps and Wendy was swimming laps. And I would, I would try to make eye contact with her under the water. And I would stop and she would stop. And we were not allowed to look at each other or talk to each other, each other. But anytime I would look at her and make eye contact with her, I would not. Oh, and she, you are and so she, conniving. You and smart. I love it. <laughs> not. And I did the same with, with uh, Jimmy T. And those were the two that I made my first. When I got there and I realized they made it and I made it, and we were on the same tribe, those were the first two that I tried to connect with. Oh, wow. Now, uh, okay, I'm going to let you take it from here because he here's the other thing I want to know, uh, uh, and you can work this into what you're going to say next because I know there's so much to say. Um, as far as the storyline that actually happened there versus the editing, edited version that, that you saw. That's what I want to know about uh, on Survivor. Now, because I was on uh, Hamish and Andy, which is an Australian reality show, and um, it was pretty close to what happened that day, but yours is over almost 40 days. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how things went and then, like, for you, and then what you saw when you got home. Okay. I will have to agree with you. I, there are people that have been on this show and they come out of the show and they say, I got a horrible edit. Oh. No, they didn't. Oh. <laughs> they, they didn't like seeing what, how, what they saw, what they did. Uh, I thought our season was right on. Really? Uh, okay. Brenda in our season was a flirt. Uh -huh. She was a flirt. Uh -huh. um, Chase couldn't make his mind up. Chase couldn't make his mind up. Uh -huh. I have to honestly say the personalities that you saw, the season 21, those were the personalities I saw in and out of the game. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, of course, they have a lot of hours filmed. What I was, was mostly surprised with is the fact that what they didn't show. They, they, they have a camera on you 24 hours a day. Yeah. And you have basically, by the time you show one episode every week, you have 45 minutes. Uh -huh. So I was more surprised at what they didn't show. I had a complete meltdown on day five. Let's talk I, about that. Let's, we have to talk about that. It was the absolute real deal. People were like, my friends, they made you do that. And uh, was that really you? Is that really how, they, how you felt? And you stole the guy's shoes. Did they tell you to do that? Nope. Um, as much as I would love to say they told me to do that, they didn't. Because you now let's go over this <laughs> because I didn't know you, and I was shocked when I went down to watch this on Amazon. So you stole this. He's kind of a Guido guy, uh, <laughs> and you steal his alligator shoes. Like, wh for one, why would he show up to an island with alligator shoes? And those are expensive. Like really expensive $1,600 shoes you went off by yourself you filled them up with sand <laughs> from the beach and then you took them back and drowned the shoes it was like it was it was they were almost like their own little set of cement shoes <laughs> and you, 
And that was it. And then you, the guy was looking for his shoes. And I think you said, I don't even know where they are. And didn't someone find them like in the shallow water? No, no I, I admitted I took them. Oh, you them. admitted it. Okay. Okay. I, I admitted I took them. I filled them with sand, threw them in the ocean and they were gone. And oh, here's why I did it. I, I had a complete meltdown. That guy really bothered me because he was constantly making fun of me. He, he was making fun of my, the way I spoke. He was making fun of where I was from. Um, he, he just started to get under my skin. The reality is this also happens in life. Mm-hmm. We all have that one relative. We all have that one coworker, right? You know, as much as we don't want to admit it, there are times where we would love to do this to one of our relatives or coworker, right? Oh, we yeah. want to get back at people. It's a human reaction. And then you do it, and we all say things we really shouldn't say sometimes. We say them without thinking. We do things without thinking them through. And that's what I did. And it shows that we are all human. And I, after I realized what I did, and it was going to be on national, had the possibility of being on national television, I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is not who I am. And I went and I did tell him I was sorry. I admitted that I, I took his shoes and I told him I was sorry. But it really was, it's really a life lesson about how we all say and do things that we are going to regret, but how do you react to those things that you regret? Do you just blow them off or do you say, I'm sorry, and, and hopefully the person will forgive you? Well, so- you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of that from people that are committing fraud. Like a lot of them are actually sorry, they got in a pinch. Maybe they stick an IOU in a file of someone that they borrow. They're the financial planner. They just borrowed off someone's account and things like that. And, and so I, I think that that's a real common thing. Yes. And this is, this is a great comparison, you know, because people do get in a pinch and let's face it money right now, especially now it's hard. Finances Mm -hmm. are hard. Um, Trying to pay that mortgage, putting, putting, uh, groceries in the refrigerator in the car and taking them home and feeding your family so we all think okay is there something we can do and big companies have done this as well and they go back how do you react when you get caught what that's probably when your true personality comes out right you're gonna own it or not and yes. you know i have i have talked to people and they've paid everything back Mm-hmm. And then they went to jail, right? So yeah. it gets crazy out there. Okay, so let so it, it doesn't make the behavior right, but it makes it more understandable. And I think that that's right. that's important. Yeah, uh, for for all of us, like to give people a little bit of a break right now. Absolutely, but I I do admit what I did was wrong. I I stole his shoes. That was wrong. I I was angry at him. I took it out on him, and it was wrong. I should have just walked away and said okay, this guy's getting under my skin. I just need to, you know, spend a little dough over here by another tree and spend some time alone. Mm-hmm. And instead I, I let my, my feelings get under my skin and I, I did something that I, I regret doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about these alliances and then these tribal councils, which is where the alliances seem to break in an instant, or maybe yeah. they don't like what, what do you know about that? And how can we relate that into trusting people now? Because fraud's on the rise. Oh, yes. And because when the economy goes down, fraud goes up. That's just it. So what did you learn from that that we can use today? Right. Well, fraud and desperation are both of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because when you're desperate, 
you find something to do where you can get through. And that's kind of how Survivor works. Mm -hmm. This is for a million dollars. So you have to scheme. Do you have to lie? Yes. You may have to steal. What is that? That's fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. it is totally fraud. I knew going into this game that this was part of the game. I would have to make an alliance. I would have to lie to people. I may even have to steal. I said, of course, I told my family I was going to try to play the, the best game I possibly could, the most respectful. I wasn't going to swear. I wasn't going to lie. I did it within the first hour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> very well for me. So, but this is how I look at it. I, I knew that I would have to lie and I knew people would lie to me. So I tried to come up with things that I, I, things that happened to me in the past or when someone lied to me, what was the first thing that I noticed when someone lied to me? Mm -hmm. The very first thing I noticed, and I also noticed this on Survivor, two things. People would not make eye contact with me. Okay. If I would ask them a question and say, I'm just going to use some names that were in my season. I remember walking up to Marty and Jill, and I remember walking up to them one day and asking them if they were in an alliance with, with Eve. And they looked at each other and they said, no, no, we're, we're not in an alliance. They didn't look at me, but they looked at each other to make sure they were both going to give the right answer. The same yeah, answer. yeah, looking for support, you bet. I immediately was a lie. Mm -hmm. And job. that's how one of the first things I think with fraud, questioning someone, playing survivor, if they do not make eye contact with you, they're lying. Mm -hmm. Well, and if they're looking for support from someone else before someone they else. answer, that's and that huge. Specifically remember that. They immediately looked at each other, at each other to make sure they were both going to say, no, no, we are not in alliance. I knew immediately they were in an alliance with, with Eve. Oh, wow. Okay. And another thing is... Um, in, in Survivor, you do make alliances and you trust your alliances, but your alliances also break on you sometimes. Yeah. I was in an alliance with two gentlemen at the end. There were five of us left. There were four men and myself. I was the last woman. Mm -hmm. And I was in an alliance with two of the men and then the two other men were in their own alliance. So, of course, the three of us outnumbered the, the two men. Mm -hmm. One day I looked over and the two men that I was in an alliance with, they were talking to one of the other gentlemen that we were not in alliance with. So they were talking and talking and I, I, I was back a ways and I, I just watched them for a while and they were having a, a very heavy conversation. But as soon as I walked up to their conversation, they immediately stopped talking. Oh, that's a good one right there. Yes. I knew they were talking about me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they kept looking down to the ground and they were, they started talking about a different subject and it was like, they started stumbling over their words. Mm. And so I pulled one of the gentlemen aside that I was in alliance with. And I said, you guys are going to vote me off, aren't you? And you're going to jump into an alliance with this other gentleman. And he immediately looked away from me. Nope, nope, nope. That that's not what we're going to do. And I said, Chase, that's what you're doing. And I looked at him right in the eyes and I confronted him and he goes, well, we're just worried that, you know, if, if we let, and, and he started, and another thing you, you can tell when someone's lying, they start to ramble. Oh yeah. They yeah. try to get ahead of you and, yes. and answer questions you didn't ask. Right. And, and also right. you touched on it before. 
vocal error rate is actually a bigger indicator of deception than body language. Like when, when people can't get um, their words out, because here's why, and this is super interesting. Your brain works at about 1,250 words a minute. Mm -hmm. Your mouth works at 150. So by the time their mouth opens, they've gone over three or four scenarios and they haven't quite settled on one and it mm -hmm. doesn't come out just right. Yes. So good job of catching that. Yeah, so and I, I, I was way at the end, day 36, and I totally remember that because, like I said, they were over there scheming, mm -hmm. and first I, I, you know, I watched them, and then I approached them, and I knew immediately that when I approached them and they stopped talking and they tried to change the subject, but when I just confronted Chase, he just wouldn't stop talking, uh -huh. and I oh. thought, wait a minute. So I had to do some swift talking on that one. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't voted off that night. And I oh, think it's the whole observation plus the approaching. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, when you play the game of Survivor, and I'm sure you find this when you research fraud as well, this isn't something that you can do you know, two minutes out of the day. I had to observe every little situation and scenario 24 hours a day. In fact, I would take my, here's another thing, I would take my buff. Mm -hmm. And at night when we were laying in the hut, I would pull my buff down over my eyes and try to sleep. But I would lay on my side and I would always be able to look underneath my buff because people would get out of the hut at night and they would sneak off and they would talk. Oh. And one night I saw Jill and Marty get up and they were sneaking, you know, trying to be real quiet and get out of the, the hut. And they left. And the next morning we were standing around the fire, the campfire. And I said, did anybody leave the hut last night? I thought I heard somebody leave. And did anybody leave? How did everybody sleep? And everybody was like, nope, nope. And Jill oh. and Marty, nope, nope. And I knew immediately Jill and Marty were in, a, in an alliance. See, now that, that's really important because, it, and it's the same with, with your keynotes as, as with mine. You can, you can get a couple tips. And if you go back to life and, you, and you're not heads up, this, it's a lifestyle. It's not something you do. 10 minutes a day or two minutes a day in a conversation, you want to know who's lying to you. You got to be heads up all the time. And it doesn't mean that you're suspicious and negative around people, but it means you need to check on what's more than immediately obvious there. And good job for asking questions and about things you knew about. Yeah. But so, yeah. So that's kind of, that's another thing, but all of these scenarios really relate to the real world as well. Oh yeah. You know, the body language, the eye contact, visuals, um, speaking, how people speak. Mm -hmm. And even when I watch movies now, I watch out for that. I watch it and think if people are lying or if they're not. Going back to Tiger King, um, what's the lady that, I can't Oh, think Carol her. Baskin, yeah. Oh, when yeah. they questioned her on, on if she killed her husband. Did oh, you she, notice how yeah, fast she started talking? When she did that, and she'd always laugh. And, yes. and that's what's fine. Uh, when you laugh like that, it's... It can be, it's called duper's delight, where they think they're getting away with it and having a good time. And we saw that from Tom Brady. We saw that from Tanya Harding. <laughs> and so yes. it's real consistent. So, okay, so let's, let's talk about the tribal council. I want to know about your torch sitting there behind you. Let me grab this. This is my original torch that I had when I played the game of Survivor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they light it on the top and... Um, this is the original torch. I, they did not give me this torch. I had to bid on this torch on eBay. How yeah. much did you have to pay for it? $1,500. <gasps> wow. 
No, how did, who had it before you? Like, how did it get to even? Well, here's what happens. When you're done playing, if you make the final three and you're done, or you get voted off, the last torch that you carry to tribal council, they put this, this name tag on it. This oh, I see it, yeah. Wooden thing that has my name. Uh-huh. And this was the last torch that I carried. Because you don't always carry the same torch. Oh, really? Okay. But when you're done, if you do make final three, it's the last torch you carry to tribal council. They put your name on it. Uh Or when you got voted off and Jeff Probst puts your torch out, they do put this. So this was the last one that I carried to tribal council. Uh And so after our season was over, they, they sent us an email and they said they were selling everything from the season. And I really wanted my torch. Yeah. So I started bidding on my torch. 2.30 in the morning with six seconds left, I pressed the button and I got my torch and I paid $1,500 for it. But I want to mention this. Okay. It was a lot of money. I did get also get my tribal council bench. Um, I got a flag. Um, did I you got, get the thing behind you there, your background? I also got this. Now, this was not for my season. This was for Oh, that's the Panama. Because you were yeah, in Nicaragua. I really, I yes, my Nicaragua, I did not get the Nicaragua one. Someone outbid me on that one. And I just really wanted a survivor sign, an original. Mm-hmm. And so I got this one. But all the proceeds go to a charity. Okay. Uh, CBS Survivor, they pick a charity every year. And our charity for our season was Stand Up to Cancer for Cancer Research. Oh, great. So it does go to a good cause. It doesn't go back to CBS. It doesn't go back to Survivor. It, it does go to a charity. So all the proceeds, you know, the $1,500, I think I paid like three fifty for this. Uh-huh. But I just wanted some Survivor stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you bought it. That is so I cool. Know. And when I speak and when I go to presentations, of course, when I fly, I can't get this thing on you know, through security or on the plane. The TSA wouldn't like that? A torch? No. <laughs> they would probably go, what is she carrying? So, <laughs> but, but when I drive, I take it with, and people love to see it. They love to hold it because it's heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, but this is what you carry to tribal council. Uh-huh. And it's, of course, um, in the game of Survivor, fire is life. Mm-hmm. You want to keep your torch lit for 39 days. If you get voted off, Jeff Probes, the host of the show, puts your torch out and you're done. Yeah. So um, this is this is your lifeline right here. You want to keep this thing lit. Oh, I love it. Okay, so one more thing we got to talk about. Jimmy Johnson was on, and you. It looked like you two were pals. So um, tell me about Jimmy. What did you learn from him about how to handle people, how to how to persuade them to go your way? Like, and are you still in touch? I love Jimmy Johnson. I, I just. Um, I was so excited when I heard he was on our tribe. I, I, I couldn't believe it. He's a huge Survivor fan. Um, I connected with him immediately. And I, I know why. It was his personality. The first day we were out there, we were sitting around after we were building our hut. And we were all tired. And we kind of took a break. And he said to us, he said, I really want you guys to know that he's, he applied three times to get on the show. Really? Yes. And he said, I'm a huge Survivor fan but I'm not out here to win the million dollars. He said, I don't need a million dollars. I want this experience, but mostly I want to help someone else further themselves in the game. Uh huh. And on day five, when I had my meltdown, I remember he said that and I walked up to him and I said, coach, can I talk to you? And he and I walked over and we sat on this log and they probably showed four or five minutes of it, but we were there for a long time and his character was what just, it melted my heart because 
your, your, you know, your goal is to vote people off and get rid of people so you can get yourself to the end. And he was encouraging me to stay. And he said, Holly, we really need you. And if you quit, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And you know, this is hard, but you just have to keep going. And the things that the words that he said to me, it, that just hit me. And it was his encouragement and his inspiration that just inspired me to keep going. We are still great friends. He wrote the forward to my first book. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And when he was inducted into the coaches, the NFL coaches hall of fame, I sent him a, you know, a message and, and everything. So yeah, he's just an amazing man. He oh, really is. Fantastic. All right. So, um, we don't have, I don't want to take your whole day here. What, <laughs> I could talk Survivor forever. <laughs> I know, we could, we could. Okay, what, what is the one thing, if you could leave people with to survive this whole pandemic and all the things that everybody's going through, because we're all in this together. Absolutely. What, what can you leave people with here? You know, Tracy, it's, it, it brings back a lot of memories to me. I feel like I've walked back into the jungle. I, I feel like, um, you know, people right now are panicking. I feel people are lonely. I feel people are, they're fearing the unknown. They're sad. And it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think people, we as a society, we walk around, we say hi to people, we smile. And sometimes in the inside, we're hurting. And when I played the game of Survivor, I was hurting at the beginning and I had to reach out to someone. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I think right now is we need to reach out to, it, to each other. We need to reach out to a family member. We need to reach out to a friend. You know, if you are feeling lonely, if you're feeling sad, it's okay. Sometimes we put on these masks and sometimes we, we, we walk around like, you know, I'm okay, everything's fine. But this is a situation in our world where we need to just take a step back and we need to say, you know what, things are not fine. And it's okay to cry. It's okay to tell someone, I'm having a really bad day. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing that when I played Survivor. I remember one day I got up and I just started crying because I missed my family. And I, I was dirty and I hadn't brushed my teeth. And you know, I, I feel like that right now. I stayed in my pajamas for 24 hours and you know, I'm not wearing makeup. I haven't washed my hair in three days. You know, get up, wash your hair, put some makeup on, call a friend, uh, go for a walk. This is hard. This is a hard situation. But reach out to people is probably the biggest advice I can give someone right now is don't think that you can do this alone because you can't. Oh, I love that. That is, that is such timely info. Okay, so how can people get more of you? Tell us about your books, and, and you're a keynote speaker. You could come and, and, and energize someone's conference. So tell us a little bit about that. How can they get a hold of you? Um, I have a website, hollyhoffman.com. My contact information is right there on my website. I answer all of my emails if they are interested in getting a hold of me, um, having me speak at one of their conferences, so forth. Um, I, uh, I have written two books. My first book is Your Winner Within. In my one of my presentations called Never Give Up the Survivor Way. I have, I speak about eight words and those eight words are faith, attitude, determination, confidence, desire, and perseverance. I took those eight words and I put them into the first chapter, the, put them into chapters in my first book. Oh, cool. Okay. And then I talked about some of my things in my personal life. And then my second book is called Write Yourself a Note. And I truly believe the value of writing things down. 
And even right now, what we're going on with the, the coronavirus, have you ever tried, if you're angry or upset, start writing and see what happens. It, it opens up your mind. And so what I do is I, I talk about things and I, at the end of each chapter, I leave a couple pages where you have to write things down. And so that's my second book as well. So you can, you can get those on Amazon as well as you can contact me through my website and I'll be glad to, to mail them a book. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, with us today. I know this is, people are going to love this. Thank you. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much for having me. I love your personality. You're, you have a wonderful smile. So I was very, very honored to do this today. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.